Welcome to the Grow Tribe. Hi, I'm Melissa McGowan, and I love that you're choosing growth. In this podcast, we shine a light on the diverse, messy, and real ways that you grow in leadership and life. We reflect, connect, and share what growth means to us. After two decades supporting growth in business, and of course my own, I firmly believe that where you go with your energy, time, focus, money, and precious resources, you actually grow. We're better together, so stay curious, stay awesome, join our tribe, and feel alive. Thanks so much for being here and being part of the Grow Tribe. It would be amazing if you shared this podcast with others at home, at work, gave it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts, and shared any ideas about what you want to hear more about or who you want to hear from. I love to hear your updates. If you're interested in learning about how to become a Chief Energy Officer, you're looking to fuel your impact in, and your performance, could be you, could be your team, have a look at the link in the show notes about where to start. And as always, drop me an email if you're looking for any support or you've got any insights that you want to share on growth. It's melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at go to grow.com.au. Thanks, everyone. A moment. I was creeping along the floorboards with only socks on, trying not to step on those creaky boards. I made it to the kitchen. I turned on the coffee machine at the same time as gently pulling the pantry door closed so that I can make a coffee in silence. Well, I can't make it in silence, but I try and make it in silence so that I can enjoy it in silence, having five minutes peace at 6.30am, enjoying my coffee in my beloved kitchen before the self-made tribe get up. Now, this is living. It is for me anyway. Hello, everyone. And are you in the kitchen right now? When were you last in your kitchen? Please tell me that no one has told you to go and get in the kitchen recently, not under their steam anyway. Um, but would you agree that, that, you know, I really think the kitchen is the hub of our homes. It certainly is for us. It's the place for connecting, creating, uh, fighting, working, hanging out, and of course, homeschooling. So yes, blood, sweat, and tears, and lots of good times as well, and a lot of joy. I mean, every good party that I've been to, and that's quite a few over the years, have had a jam-packed kitchen. You know, you want people to spread out, go and sit on the comfy couches, go outside. But no, the kitchen is just like a magnet. So in my humble view, the kitchen always was the hub, and it is even more so in 2020. I've handed down my habit, I see, of walking in the house and just opening the kitchen, um, the fridge door, sorry, and seeing what's there, just having a bit of a look. And I notice that my kids do that religiously every morning, every time they get home from school, just the lure of keeping them in the, in the communal hub, the, the lure of food. It, it helps keep the family together. So today I am thrilled to chat with Marky Tuckett. Marky is a young, fresh female entrepreneur and award-winning kitchen designer. I just love when a growth story comes together. And I met Marky some time back and she just struck me as very growthful and unique, just like her name. She um, realized at, at a point that the best way to get into the industry that she wanted to get into was to start her own business. 
she really uses social media to connect with her customers in such a progressive and engaging way, really building community and helping us see the person behind the amazing designs. And she's got some serious style. I love her business model and the impact that she's having. Particularly, I love to hear, and we were just chatting beforehand, about a COVID success story. Her business is thriving during COVID. And many, as many of us, I mean, I'm sure you, you're like me, we're reassessing our spaces, not just our minds, but certainly the connection of those two things. And we're looking at how they're serving us in our houses right now and, and what we might want to change up. So it's people like Marky who can figure, help us figure it out. You know, what do we actually want? How do we bring that vision or even develop a vision? And she may be able to help me progress the different painted, painted samples, sorry, that I've got. Um, I'm just picturing my pantry wall now. There's sort of two different shades of blue and some yellow literally just painted onto the wall as we thought about what which colour we would choose for the splashback. That was three years ago and it's still like that. So having had more family meals together this year than I care to count, my current wish, I think, is actually for a larger kitchen, specifically one with a large island bench. You know, Australian kitchens can be a little bit different than American kitchens or North American kitchens. Maybe even I want two island benches. That might, that might be the dream. So, Marky, I welcome you to the Grow Tribe. Really excited to talk about business and kitchens today and your growth Unfortunately, I am joining you from my wardrobe and not my kitchen, so we might have to look at those colour samples a little bit later, but welcome to the Grow Tribe, Marky. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, I loved your intro, by the way, and hearing all about your kitchen and um, basically all the colours you have actually set up in your kitchen, because that's actually my branding colours, which is hilarious, so... Well, yes, we still haven't decided, so that might be something that you can help us with. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Uh, Marky, I'm really excited to kind of hear about your growth story today as it, it weaves through all these awesome things. But I'd like to start first just to um, just to hear a bit and help people get to know you around when you feel really alive in your life. Um, so you asked me this question a little while ago and I had to really kind of think about what I was going to say because I feel like I live kind of two separate lives. <laughs> I have the personal side of my life, which I'd like to be much more calm, um, relaxed, you know, spending lots of time outside, whether it's like raking leaves or going for a walk with our dogs. Um, I feel so alive when I'm relaxed in my personal life, but in my business and in my business life, I truly thrive when I'm super busy. So I just, I think it's so funny because I think the balance between being so busy and having that relaxation really is when I feel most alive. Ah, that's cool. I, um, I love hearing people's answers to this one. So it's, um, so tell us a little bit more about how you, I mean, I think you're still under 30 and you've got your own successful business and I'll, I'll certainly share um, all of your details on the show notes because it just, it, you know, the visuals are amazing. It's so great to, to see. And you were just telling me before that you've just got a couple more kitchens that have come in that you've got to do before Christmas. You've got 12 new projects. It's been a big year. So start where you'd like to start. But I'd love to hear about um, your story into this kind of work and, and what you're doing and about your growth. Yeah, so um, I graduated from college and when I was in college, you had to do like a co-op program. And with the program I was in, um, 
you have so many different options you can go into. So you can go into like theater design, you can go into set design, you can go into furniture design, like you can go into drapery, kitchens, all that kind of stuff. So um, when I was in college, I had to do a co-op and that was one of the biggest decisions I had to make basically, I think for my life, because it was kind of the set jumping off point for the rest of my career. Um, so What's a co-op, Marky? What does that mean? Um, sorry, a co-op is like a working job that you have to do, but you don't get paid for. Uh, so yep. like basically I had to go and work for someone for free, which was wonderful. Work to gain experience. experience. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like I was also working two part-time jobs when I was in college. So basically working a full-time co-op, full-time school, and then two part-time jobs was not ideal, um, especially for workload and stuff. But I actually chose um, to do my co-op at a kitchen and cabinetry place. And she, the lady that ended up bringing me on, she specialized in custom cabinetry and designing with it. Um, and about two weeks kind of into my co-op, I pretty much knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, on my last day of college, she actually hired me to work for her. Uh, I started as about six months of being like her design assistant. And then from there, just kept kind of growing my career and growing myself as a designer and was able to take on my own clientele. And then kind of from there, I was recruited to work with um, some companies in the Toronto area, which is a huge um, metropolitan area in uh, Ontario, Canada. So I did some years there and I just kind of had to stop one day and look around and be like, okay, like I'm growing my experience and that's great, but I don't feel any personal growth from working for different people and running other people's businesses. So I basically... So were you like a, were you an employee or you were sort of like a consultant? I was an employee, but in terms yeah, of an employee, employee, I'm like managing designers, I'm principal designing. So I'm doing all of the, ma the major projects. Um, I'm managing installations. I'm basically running somebody's business, but without getting paid for it kind of thing. So um, I just kind of decided I had to stop serving other people and really serve myself and kind of live my dream. So I quit and actually moved to Windsor, Ontario, which is where we live now. Um, and I basically went six months with no pay, getting my business launched, launched it. And um, in, on May 9th, 2018, Timber and Plum Kitchens and Cabinetry was born. And from there, I just kind of kept growing and um, learning and, you know, just, I think, thriving, really. Um, my my business itself, um, I serve the Windsor-Essex community. So within like a 100 kilometer radius of Windsor-Essex, um, which is the most southern part of Ontario. Um, and basically all of my clientele come to me for full projects. So we design, supply, install custom cabinetry. We can also complete the whole renovation for them and project manage the whole thing as well. Um, and then on top of that, we offer obviously um, design advice, coordinating all the fine details of the space, that whole kind of bit about it. So, um, yeah, cause help us understand. I mean, I'm thinking now back to you know, when we bought this house, it was about three years ago and we were trying to figure out what to do with our kitchen for example we we made some you know reasonably significant changes there was like a wall and the all the cabinetry and we did stuff with the floors and um all that yeah but it wasn't like a whole new kitchen and i was not sure like who do i go to to get some help on this so what what is a kitchen designer um, so a kitchen designer basically is someone who designs and specializes in kitchen design. Um, I don't specifically touch any other areas of the house unless they have custom cabinetry in them. 
Um, so when I'm designing a kitchen, I'm taking in account um, appliances, um, workflow, the working triangle, um, all of the custom cabinetry, you know, decorative details, all of the storage. Um, I would say there's like a ton of different elements that go into being a kitchen designer. Um, but then on top of that, it's the customer service, the follow through, managing trades, um, managing timelines, managing a workload, um, dealing with delays. Like it's a, I honestly have a really hard time describing what I do, especially as an entrepreneur, because I pretty much do it all, I would say. <laughs> And and just to back up a minute, because that was a big decision um, to to make, well, a critical one at a fairly young age to start your own business. So say a bit more about, because how old were you when you made that decision and, and you know, what really gave you that confidence to, to lean into that? Um, I was 24 turning 25. I quit eight days after my birthday and that's when basically I launched. So I always kind of had a dream of owning my own business, um, but I didn't really know how to start and where to start and if I had enough experience and all those things. Um, so when I kind of reached that 25 age range, I was like, you know what, I'm just ready. I'm just going to jump into it because if I think if I keep telling myself I can't do this, I'm just mentally going to psych myself out and I'm never going to do it. It's um, it's an impressive decision. Yeah. Have you looked back? Um, no, I would say um, some days, you know, when I'm having a bad day or things aren't going my way, I sometimes would be like, man, I wish I just worked for someone else because this would be way easier. <laughs> I wouldn't have to deal with, you know, um, unhappy clients, which I don't really have very many unhappy clients or like project delays or supplier delays or anything like that. Because basically, whoever owns the company typically deals with those like types of things. Um, but now that's all me. And on my bad days, sometimes I'm like, I could probably go back to working to someone else. And then, you know, I sit down and kind of get in my own head and I'm like, no, Marky, you don't want that. You don't want to work for somebody else. You were so unhappy doing that. So don't even go there. So you must deal with lots of interesting um, and sometimes challenging different stakeholders. Like I'm just thinking about obviously the, the people on the job sites, uh, the different contractors you deal with, and then your, your customers who I imagine, um, you know, range in, in from being excited to maybe completely overwhelmed. Like I'm just thinking about when I have to think about, you know, colors and finishes and, um, you know, uh, like, oh my goodness. So yeah, the stakeholder management part, I'm imagining you out on, on a job site with, you know, lots of guys. Is that, is that the case? Uh, that's typically the case. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of the trades guys are male. Um, it is a male dominated industry, but we're, we have initiatives in the local Windsor area that are really trying to kind of change that demographic. Um, but basically you just, you kind of got to kick it with the guys like, and you know, you can't show up on site and be, you know, dressed to the nines cause you're obviously going to get looks, but um, you know, you just kind of, you know, come across as nice and, you know, easy to work with and um, try and communicate really well. And for the most part, things go pretty well. Um, the only issue I really have is sometimes the older the trades person, um, the harder it is for me to communicate things to them because they think they know everything and they think they are doing things correctly. So when you try and um, I'm going to say teach or show them how you want things done, they just don't listen and they do mm -hmm. things their own way. And then you end up having issues on site. But yeah, for the most part, everything's pretty, pretty good. And I mean, I have short hair, which is usually not, you know, very feminine and I drive a big truck and, you know, 
I wear ripped jeans to job sites and stuff, so I try to blend in a little bit more. <laughs> um, and then you've got this amazing Instagram site and these beautiful projects that are on there, which you do such a good job with. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just like I just try to be really humble about the whole thing and just try to blend in. And if someone has a question or a concern, I will definitely address it with them. But um, yeah, you just kind of get used to it. I've been doing it now, like being on job sites now for years and years. So you just kind of get desensitized to the whole, um, you know, stress factor about it. And you just kind of get relaxed. So my new assistant that I hired, that's one of my goals is just basically to take her to as many jobs as possible. So she can feel kind of relaxed and, you know, not worried about things that are going to go be going on or, you know, things that could go wrong or things that could be said that could be upsetting or whatever it happens to be. So, you know, just trying to take someone under my wing and kind of hopefully they have the same feeling about, um, you know, working with the trades and going in on job sites and doing all those things as I do. But yes, it can be very overwhelming for clients just to go back to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, about, I was about to ask you about, you know, building a team and as someone who's just started her own business as well, you know, that's interesting to me, but yeah, maybe talk to us about if people are sitting there listening, thinking, yeah, I'm thinking about my kitchen I mean, I don't know what percentage of people or if use designers versus you know people that just try and go and figure this out themselves. But I know I'm a big fan personally of trying to simplify things that are overwhelming for me. And and also sometimes like I have an idea in my head, but I really need someone. And I'm quite a visual person. Like I need someone to help me, you know, get it out of my head. So. Yeah, t tell us a little bit about how this typically goes and some things maybe people can think about um, if they are considering or in the throes of maybe making some changes to their kitchens. Yeah, for sure. So um, every client that I work with, we start with like an initial consultation. So the initial consultation usually includes your first measure, um, a usually about a two hour conversation about what you want with your kitchen. Um, and it kind of goes over details of what you would like for storage, you know, what you would like for appliances, how often you cook, how often you entertain, what other purposes you use your kitchen for, what kind of materials do you want to include, your budget, your timelines, all those kinds of things. So I have a huge list of questions that I literally go through and ask every customer those questions. And believe it or not, every customer pretty much has a different answer because everybody uses their kitchen yeah. differently, which is great. Um, but and also in that terms is uh, I also look um, at designing a kitchen as like a cook would because I cook and I bake a lot. Um, so I kind of know how a normal kitchen would function and where things go and where things should go. So it kind of gives me this little bit of a competitive edge because I'm in the, I spend a lot of time in my kitchen. Um, and in terms of like, you know, an appointment. Which is um, actually a good, I think that's a point of difference. If I think about the process we went through, I would do some things differently now on that basis. And I don't think we got that kind of, um, guidance to be honest yeah like we also so if a client decides to go forward with you know after their design presentation we go through all the 3d color renderings that are like full 3d renderings of your space so basically um i design those myself um and then we go through like a detailed quote and material selections of what we priced out for you and what other options are available um if a client decides to go ahead we also offer like a personal shopping service that's included with every client's package um and that could be they could use that pretty much for whatever they would like. Some clients ask me to come appliance shopping with them so they know what they're picking out. So they know what sizing, they know what options are out there. They know what 
you know, is going to be the best bang for their buck, um, what deals are out there, if there's government rebates, what's to code, all those sorts of things. Um, and then we also offer like personal shopping as well for picking out tile, light fixtures, stools, backsplash tile, countertops, all those sorts of things, because all of those elements mm. are what going to make your kitchen and it's going to make, you know, what makes your kitchen the most enjoyable for each person. Cause not every person wants a kitchen with an Island with stools and not every person wants, um, you know, a, counter depth fridge that looks sleek and small. Some people want like a massive fridge and freezer and that's totally okay. So um, we just really want to give our customers like a personalized experience where when we pump out their kitchen and we get it all installed, they're going to feel like it was made for them and it was customized exactly to the way they function and the way they live um, within their house. And you're really helping with that. I mean, the decision fatigue is real. Like that's where I go straight away. So it's, it's anything that can help simplify that process because you see people going and buying a kitchen at Ikea or something and I just wonder all the time and all the um the learnings they have through a process like that like that more DIY approach versus really um simplifying and customizing is what I'm hearing yeah so like I would say sometimes I have people that are you know they email me and they say, look, we've decided we're going to do an Ikea kitchen. We would love to you for you to design for an Ikea kitchen. And I don't offer that service because Ikea isn't a custom kitchen. That's like a more basic style. Um, a lot of people do them for flipping houses or um, rental projects. So it's not a service I offer. Um, I more offer my own custom lines of cabinetry because A, I can warranty them. B, I stand behind the product. And C, I just know that they have a ton of options that people are going to like. Um, so in terms of like, you know, making decisions too, my little tip and trick is to really listen to what the client wants and then only show them three to five options of those things. So if someone's picking out like mm. a handle to go in a cabinet, I'm only going to show them three to five. I'm not going to show them a hundred cause that's overwhelming. I'm going to pick my yeah. three to five favorites for them and then they can choose from there. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. And, and tell me, um, what are you seeing and hearing this year? What are people, what, what, what are driving d decisions differently maybe than in years gone by? Um, so are you talking in terms of trends or are you talking in terms of people who are just renovating? Yeah, I think, well, I'm interested in both. I'm interested in trends, but I'm also interested in that idea of things seemed fine, but now I've been home more and I'm, I'm thinking about using this space differently or it's not working for me. Sort of what's going through the minds of people? Like what are you hearing um, that are maybe pain points that are more clarified this year? Um, so in terms of like I would say trends that have been dictated by this year, a lot of people are wanting more pantry storage because they're stocking up on a bit more food because they don't want to run to the grocery store every day. Um, mm -hmm. I would say another trend as well is having a space in the kitchen where they can work. So a lot of people are working from home. So if they have like an island they can sit at and sit there all day and plug in a laptop, that's kind of the direction they're leaning towards. Um, and a lot of people more are living kind of more of a minimalist lifestyle. They don't want a bunch of clutter because they spend so much time at home. I think it just stresses people out to have clutter everywhere. So they want to have a spot for everything. And that's kind of the approach we take to with designing kitchens is we just want to make sure everything has a home and there's not stuff just kind of sitting out. Um, and a lot of people too, I think it's also COVID related, are looking more towards not all open concept, but like a semi-open concept. And I think it's just because sound travels in the house. And if you're home and you're working and you have kids and you have an all open concept, it's impossible 
to have a Zoom meeting without hearing kids screaming in the background. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's, and it's and it's also just kind of being in. What I'm finding is, whilst I do have an office that I can shut the door, having been working fairly consistently in a routine for the last six months, I'm just ready to change it up a bit. Also, just the sort of energy and the mood that matches the particular thing you're doing. You know, whether that is writing getting creative, you know, the different sort of work you're doing, you may want a different space now than what you've had the whole time. So I actually, I actually went downstairs and sat in the kitchen yesterday on my table. Yeah. 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 And it's becoming popular too. Like I, people are saying, you know, home offices are popular, but I mean, I've worked for from home now for three years and I always sit at the kitchen table. It's just kind of the hub of the home. I mean, I'm recording this podcast in our bedroom because it's quiet and our dogs are really loud, but um, I always sit at the kitchen table and it's because I can get a cup of coffee. I can have like maybe the radio going on behind me. My husband can come up and talk to me and not feel like, you know, I'm closed off in a room kind of thing. Um, I can answer the door really quickly for deliveries. Like it's just like the center point of the home. And it's, I would say the spot I feel most comfortable. Like, and I think I love working that way. They are, I think now, and now that our kids are sort of, well, back at school for now, before they finish up for the year, that's what I'm enjoying as well. And I really do believe it's been such a, such a growth hub this year. I feel so appreciative that we've got a really big kitchen table because I'm sure, well, the data here proves that people were rushing out to buy stuff to, um, you know, to make their spaces work better for them. So I think there's definitely been a tick up, hasn't there, in the in the DIY space, but also it sounds like there's been a tick up as well in um, people coming to people like yourself to help them figure out what to do next. Yeah. So I would say, um, I mean, I've heard this a couple of times and I do believe it's true. Like when you hire a designer, yes, there is a cost to hiring a designer, but a designer also helps you save money because they know exactly what they're doing. They can kind of give you what you want exactly. And yes, it may cost a little bit more, but I mean, it saves in terms of making costly mistakes, having to reorder things, and just the stress of having to design and order everything. Like my full-time job is literally designing and ordering things. And it's a full-time job. So imagine, you know, I can see a client trying to run a busy household, work a full-time job, and then trying to design a kitchen, you know, at all hours of the night, trying to order and figure out how everything fits. So um, and it can be very costly if you are like an inch off in measurement, like it can throw off a whole design um, and then you have to pay for that. So a designer basically kind of takes that weight off your shoulders and just walks you through the whole process and kind of holds your hand the whole time to make you much more comfortable with the decisions you're making. Um, so in terms of that, I would say, you know, it's kind of changed too, because people, they also are looking for that social interaction now because they don't get it as much. So I have a lot of people, you know, mm. calling me and talking to me. Um, and it's more also for just that social interaction and building a relationship because they don't have those relationships now in their daily life. And a lot of people aren't traveling either. So the money they were putting towards yeah. traveling is into now improving their living space. I know. It's just, I mean, the home, yeah, it's so, it's so important this year, isn't it? But also I couldn't, I'm smiling when you're talking about that using your designer because the pressure also it puts on relationships. You know, I'd I'd prefer to hold hands with the designer so that I could still be holding hands with my partner at the end of some kind of renovation project or new kitchen. I mean, that is <laughs> that comes up all the time. So this really is like another opportunity for us to think how can we simplify our lives, like our spaces. And we had an episode um, earlier on in the podcast we talked about decluttering. 
but these are the opportunities. And I think what support, like, like you said, people who have deep expertise, they are kind of the ninjas in that area they work in. And I mean, I've been there too. You sometimes go, you question, oh, I can do this myself. I'm going to save some money. Um, but we end up losing and leaking a whole lot of energy and time that we could have powerfully reorientated to something that was going to deliver an outcome that was really meaningful for us. Um, So I think that's a big one. But talk a little bit about building your own business and this idea of of support and whether it's a team or just, you know, support for you because certainly I'm finding, you know, that is a journey. So um, this year actually was the first year I seriously considered hiring an assistant. Before I was like, you know what, I can do it on my own. I'm fine. You know, I'll just hustle and work really hard. And this year has been the toughest year for growth and just even like mental health. So I actually hired an assistant this year and she started with me. Um, I think it was in June and she's been just been helping me take some admin stuff off my plate, helping with client relations and just kind of smoothing out the process and making things um, easier for me um, on a daily basis, which is so wonderful. Um, and then on top of it, I have business goals that are not around um, like designing a kitchen and she helps me basically complete those goals. Um, so this year we, we just actually today, we released a small business grant, um, for, you know, helping local small businesses kind of get off their feet. So, I mean, starting a business, it was one thing, but I mean, running the business is the hardest part. You know, everyone always says writing a business plan is so hard and getting started is so hard, but no, once you get into like the everyday and you know, that monotonous, um, crazy wheel of, you know, meeting with clients and doing the same thing. And, you know, it just is a really heavy. And I think that's probably the hardest part of having a business. Um, but I love it. And then in terms of like having a team too, I partner with another um, small business owner. He, his name's TJ. So he runs Spur Construction. So he installs all of my cabinetry for me and we partner together and renovate jobs. Um, and basically I do all the design work and the customer relations and he does all the heavy lifting and all the hard work. So, um, which is great. And um, it's just having people like that and other small business owners that you can talk to and reflect with daily makes my life and makes anyone's life a lot easier because I mean, my parents, my regular friends, I would say don't really necessarily understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur, but I can call TJ and talk to him for an hour about the business and he just gets it and we can bounce ideas back and forth off each other, like on top of each other and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, no, it definitely, like that would be my biggest piece of advice is find your own tribe so that you can continue to tribe. Grow. Yeah. 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 And, and I like your thing there as well about if we don't have sort of non-work related goals, I was just talking about this yesterday, then, you know, we're, we're just leaving the space wide open to fill with all, all work goals, aren't we? And I think when you're running your own business, that's even a bigger risk maybe. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, it kind of, I love designing kitchens, but I mean, there's a point in time when I kind of get bored of it. And I mean, I'm just looking for something to make my day different and, you know, to do something that sets my business apart. But not only that, just sets me apart as an entrepreneur and someone that I could assist other people to get their start and to do what I'm doing. Because I mean, I don't think everybody is meant to be an employee. I think there's so many people out there that are Mm. an employee because they think that's the only way, but I'm living proof that that isn't the only way. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can pretty much do 
whatever you want. You just have to basically have a plan and put that plan in motion and work hard. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the point, isn't it? It doesn't just come to you, does it? <laughs> no, you can't just sit there and expect good things to come. But, but yes, yeah. So, and I mean, like I said, just having a really good team, whether they work directly under your company or whether you can partner with them or just even call them on a daily basis. Like there's other people in the community that have nothing to do with my business. We don't work together ever, but I know that I could call them and literally chat with them about, you know, an issue I'm having or, you know, a partnership that I would love to do, um, like anything like that. Like I want to get custom earrings made for my company that literally I design earrings and we just, a girl makes them locally and we sell them. And that's just something that I've had on my bucket list because I think it's something really cool that, love that, yeah, would just kind of, again, bring a whole new audience to my company that doesn't necessarily have a budget to buy a kitchen or maybe they already have a kitchen, but I mean, it just kind of opens people's eyes to me as an entrepreneur. So that's what I was going to say. Kitchen and bath. Yeah, how you're building community and, and pulling in your um, your clients, I think, is really interesting. And even, you know, I noticed that you, you had this cool T-shirt on. Um, what was that T-shirt you you had on, on your Instagram yesterday? Uh, so are you talking the one today? So the Stay Golden one? Yeah, t- yeah Stay Golden, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually um, part of our grant. So we're giving away $1,000 and six months mentorship to one lucky business in the Windsor-Essex community. And we had these custom t-shirts designed and made um, to reflect um, the Stay Golden brand, which is under the Timber and Plum Kitchens and Cabinetry brand. And it's the name of our grant. So we had those designed by a local graphic designer. So um, and then we had them actually made. So we're also selling those t-shirts. So, you know, it's something that someone is can have it's tangible and it's a part of our company and it also supports entrepreneurship and you know the grant that we're offering and furthering doing these things within my business so um i just i honestly love doing things like that i don't know what it is i just love doing things that bring a whole new audience to my business because i think yeah a bigger message than just designing our own kitchens it's so creative and modern and progressive and it's this mixing of the feminine and the masculine with the work you do. Gosh, I just wish, you know, I had someone like you when we were going through this kitchen process. But it's a it's a great growth story, Marky. And what are you kind of seeing as, you know, your next, I guess, level of growth when you look um, to the years ahead? Um, so it's funny that you asked that because I'm still kind of working on what my next set of goals would be. So this year I was, um, I won the National Kitchen and Baths Top 30 Under 30. I was one of the award winners for that. And then I also won the Design House Kitchen Design Influencer of the Year. So those are both North American recognized, um, awards and associations. So that was huge because I had been on my list for so long. I won those and then COVID hit and I kind of was crapping my pants a little bit of what to do. Um, so then I hired my first employee. You and everyone else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much me and everyone else. So I hired my first employee. I'm working on renovating our showroom to get it open to the public. So those were huge things on my list. So right now I have accomplished a ton of goals this year. So I don't really know where I stand. I'm just like kind You're of. going to sustain, baby. Yeah. yeah just, I just yeah. want to sustain myself enjoy the rest it. of the year, enjoy a little bit of the success. And then in the new year, I'm definitely yeah. going to be kind of bringing it even harder. Like I have, 
you know, plans of bringing my part-time assistant on as a full-time designer, offering her as a second layer of my business, um, offering new products. We are trying to offer Canadian-made products because obviously we're trying to support local and Canadian makers. Mm. Um, we're also going to be possibly starting a blog or a blog series and our own mini HGTV series, which would be like Home and Garden Television, which I'm not sure if you have that there, but it's a big deal in North America. If you're on HGTV, you pretty much like made it as a designer. So... Well, I, I'm just like, I love, as I said, I'm loving hearing a growth story in 2020 and the growth stories we're hearing about in 2020, where businesses are, you know, doing really well and people are, like you say, taking on, um, resources and more projects that hasn't just come from, um, you know, a, a foundation of nothing this year. So the, the, the work you've been doing in the years prior, it certainly led you to have such great success this year, but I love hearing about that. And, you know, this is a topic that I think many of us are interested in right now, both, you know, starting businesses, um, thinking about do we want to stay working for others? Is there something that we could do for ourselves that we really kind of have that inner fire um, that we might be more willing to look at now? And, and also, of course, our kitchens and how can we make them, you know, work as well as possible for us. So if anyone's sitting in their kitchen right now and they're not about to engage in a big full-blown kind of redesign, any just little tips or ideas for just a bit of change or a bit of um, freshening up or just something to, to mix it up a little bit, Marky? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, there's a couple different things I usually suggest people who want to kind of mix it up. So I would even just suggest rearranging the storage in your kitchen, um, invest in mm -hmm. things like baskets and storage organizers that you can just put into your existing cabinets because it'll make your life feel a lot more organized to make everything feel kind of fresh and clean. Um, plus, you go through all of the stuff that you've probably never eaten that's fallen at the back of your cupboard. And I mean, you can either if it's still good, you can give it to someone who needs it, or you can toss it and kind of relieve yourself of holding on to a can of kidney beans for 10 years. So um, stuff like that, I would say I use them for my workouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you can find other purposes for them, that's great as well. Um, I would also say like refreshing small things like if you can buy a can of paint and you know refresh your kitchen color and do something fresh and something very inspiring especially if you are working in the space every day it's always a fun mm -hmm. inexpensive change um, changing out the hardware on your cabinet so if you have handles or knobs or poles or whatever it happens to be measure your center to center drilling pattern and see if you can find something that modernizes the space and just kind of freshens it up a little bit. Or it could even be like changing out your countertops um, or adding backsplash if you don't have it. Like there's so many things you can do. Um, like those things are all kind of stuff you can DIY yourself. You don't necessarily have to hire a designer to do those things, but it can make a huge impact in the overall space and even just the function of the space. So, I mean, you can go and pretty much buy handles from like Home Depot or like Lowe's or whatever it happens to be, your hardware store. Um, and it makes a huge impact. And like, I don't think it's something that would break the bank, but it also is a fun project you can do. Um, and I mean, if you have kids, it's something too, you can get your kids involved in, especially the painting part. Kids yeah. love to paint. <laughs> Unless they're like super yeah, well, young. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan for a bit of color, but I'm also just thinking back to, um, there are some decisions that you don't want to make on your own. We nearly went for sort of a concrete, um, like a cement bench top, you know, and, and it was, apparently going to be very porous and i think about the blueberries yep. that are in our kitchen every day and i'm glad we didn't go for that option <laughs> yes the other thing too and i had this once was a lady tried to diy her own countertop she ordered brand new cabinets 
and she had cement countertops brought in and put on her island. And it actually, um, the weight of the cement was so heavy, <laughs> they had to put a new beam in her basement to support the weight of the island. Her floor started sagging. And if we advised her, please don't put the cement in there. It's really heavy. She didn't listen. She went and did it. And then she had to have a new beam put in her house because of these countertops. So, I mean, there's some things <laughs> you have to really research into if you're going to, you know, do something a little bit wacky and different. But yeah, there's consequences sometimes when you take on too much or, you know, do something that you're not really 100% familiar with. So always oh, ask the pros. Classic. Always ask the pros because it makes a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, I think so. And there's lots of great resources out there these days. And and on your Instagram as well, like you've got lots of great inspo and tips, um, you know, practical, pragmatic tips for people. So, look, enjoy your kitchens, everyone. Um, take some of these great um, tips from, from today and Marky, again, just really appreciate hearing your growth story. And I really look forward to seeing your continued growth because I know that that is absolutely going to be the case. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking kitchens and I love talking entrepreneurship. So this was kind of hitting both nails on the head for me. And I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy your growth. Thanks so much for listening. I'm very excited as we build this growing community of growers and I'd love to hear your feedback on anything you want to hear more about people that you think would be great for us to have a chat with. Please leave me some feedback or if you want any support, use the functions via the podcast or the email, the Facebook group or the Instagram, all of it in the notes. I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to see your pictures of you growing and what you're working on. Please share the podcast and review it in iTunes as we build this community. Thanks so much.